0: Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up. With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracies. conspiracies. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 94.9 KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. What else could you ask for? It's 75 degrees outside, absolutely gorgeous right now. We've got, you know, it's that time of year where it's a little bit hot during the day, but it's so beautiful at night. Great to be alive. It's great to be here on this uh, Tuesday, September the 14th. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning into the program. I had an opportunity last uh, week to uh, spend a little time at the Rise Summit. Uh, It was an event put on by... The St. George Area Chamber of Commerce uh, had a lot of really successful business people speaking, uh, uh, some workshops. It was just a, a really cool event. One of the cool things, too, about the event is you meet a lot of cool people. One of the cool people I met was uh, a guy by the name of Trent Christensen. Trent is on the phone with me right now. Trent, how you doing, man?
1: Good, Andy. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thanks for coming on the show today. I just, you know, when I met you, I was like, man, this guy's got a story to tell, and I want to... I want, to, I want to get him on the air and, and talk about what it is he, do, he does and, and stuff. Uh, by the way, that was a pretty good chicken lunch, but you, you chastised me for not eating my vegetables. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man.
1: That, hasn't your mom ever taught you to eat your veggies? I mean, you know, hey, wasn't that a great conference, though? I mean, it Don was, Willie, yeah. those guys at the chamber down there in St. George, they put on a great conference. I was just, I was really impressed.
0: What do is- you think? oh yeah absolutely what one of the cool things and and this kind of ties into what you do uh were the success stories you know people who had an idea decided decided to start a company and uh you know we know some companies fail, but they they stuck yeah. with their idea and they found a way to succeed and i mean the the some of the story you know the, the lady who founded swig the the guy who started uh Lovesack. Uh, You know, Some some of these stories are incredible success stories, and that actually ties right into who you are and what you do. Maybe you can explain a little bit about the the company that you work for.
1: I'd love to, and and I appreciate that. So many success stories out there, but a lot of times what we don't hear about are the failures, right? But you can learn so much from a failure. And back in 1983, there was a professor up at the University of Utah. His name was Wayne Brown, and um, he's actually a giant in the world of venture capital and investing. He's passed away, but... Uh, he studied entrepreneurs. Why do they fail? Why do first-time entrepreneurs fail? Mm-hmm. And I think most of us can probably identify the number one reason is they, they don't have the money, right? They lack the capital at a certain point to either grow or sustain their business. But the second thing you found, and I think this is really interesting, and it's not that far behind a lack of capital, is they have a lack of mentorship. They don't have anybody around them that can say, hey, listen, let me talk to you about your, you know, how your company is set up your legal structure. Hey, let me talk to you about your accounting. Hey, you need some help with you know, marketing, all that sort of thing, because entrepreneurs are usually really good at what they do. They're a baker, they're a plumber, whatever it is, right. right? But there's so much more that goes into it. And so back in 1983, with the help of Zions Bank, uh, Wayne Brown stood up. What is now, it's our, our legal name is the Wayne Brown Institute, and we go by VentureCapital.org. That's our website, and that's our, our moniker, right? And what we do is we provide those two things to entrepreneurs, and we do it in a very specific way. You hear a lot nowadays about business accelerators and business incubators, and what we do is we just mentor, right? And so we'll get about 300 companies a year, new companies, that will come to us and want to participate in our program. And we do a lot of education with those different companies, the 300 companies. You know, A lot of them will, will they'll have heard about um, – you know, Ancestry dot com or Qualtrics or, or some of these others and they'll say, Hey, I wanna do that and we'll say, Great, let's make sure you're ready for it. Let's teach you about what it means to take on equity. Let's teach you about what it means to, you know, have a cap table or you know, boring things like a convertible note versus a safe agreement. So you understand these things <laughs> yeah. before you just launch into trying to find somebody to put equity in your or put put an investment into your company.
0: Can you talk so about so. what what some of those companies are? I mean do you get does it run the gamut from a, a guy that wants to make cupcakes to a lady that wants to start a you know a microchip company? I mean what are these yeah. companies like?
1: Yeah. Let me give you let me give you a good range. So Ancestry.com back when it was myfamily.com. That's way mm-hmm. back in the day. I, they I went through our that. program. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're one of our alums, right? We help them bring on the capital that they needed to grow their business, right? But at the same time, if you've ever heard of Ogden's Own Distillery, right? So Ancestry.com, obviously a tech company. And then you've got Ogden's Own Distillery. They produce, if you've heard, you know, one of their, the big product is Five Wives Vodka, right? Um, mm-hmm. They come and they, they cater still all of our events because we have such a good relationship with them. They're one of our alums, Right. Newmont University that's based in Salt Lake. It's a tech, a tech college. They went through our program, right? So it doesn't just have to be tech. Sometimes we think of investment and, and, and venture capital, and we think, oh, well, it's got to be a tech company. No, no, it doesn't. Anybody can have, can bring on investment capital, and anybody can have a mentor. That's the more important part, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that's what we find. So we had the Gardner Institute up at the U. They came and did a study. They analyzed our results. What they found is, you know, 70% of the companies that went through our program raised equity by raised investment capital by the end of the year. Right. And that usually comes to about $40 annually between all of the companies that went through our program that year. But, and this is the more important fact, the the fact that I'm more proud of is 80% of our companies are still in business 10 years later. Wow. And it's not because they raised money. You can raise money and screw it up. Right. It's because of the mentors, not me. It's because of the mentors. So you know, Andy, three years down the line, something will happen with your intellectual property. And what do I do with this now? Oh, well, I know somebody on that mentor team I had through venturecapital.org. And if they don't know the answer, they're going to know somebody who does, right? I need an accountant. I need a bookkeeper. I need some, you know, I need a banking product that can keep up with where I am now. Oh, great. I had a mentor who worked at Zions Bank or Key Bank or whatever it is, right? They can come and they can help me. So you you keep that mentor team and and, and you know, to bring it back to the right but that's one of the beautiful things about St. George and that, that region right now, growing so fast that there's so much, um, not just you know, people moving in and companies moving in, but there's so much talent, right? There's so many people that entrepreneurs, if they know where to look, can find the kind of mentorship that they need to grow their business, but also sustain their business. And, and again, to your point, crosses the gamut, right? Consumer products, tech, life sciences, you know, we're really at, at, at our company, we're agnostic in terms of what industry you're in. You know, mm-hmm, we just mm-hmm. there's certain indicators that will show us. Are you ready to scale? And that's what we do. We'll take a company that's ready to scale, ready to hit the level of um, Ancestry.com, a recursion pharmaceuticals, one of these, and we'll help them understand how to attract investors. And then we introduce them to investors and help them bring on that that capital.
0: OK, so let's let's do an example here. Uh, I'm not doing this, but this is hypothetical. I'm pretty good. Yeah. At bar- I'm pretty good at barbecuing. I like to smoke me. I've gotten pretty good right. at it over the years. I decide, OK, you know what? I'm good enough. Everybody tells me how good it is. I'm going to start a barbecue restaurant in St. George, Utah. Can you walk me yeah. through how you guys can help me once I get this thing going? Well, first
1: I'd, I'd tell you to put vegetables on the menu, and you got you got to have the vegetables. <laughs> oh, come
0: on! Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll will smoke something for you, some kind of vegetable.
1: <laughs> You're like, I'm not taking Trent's advice anymore. Then, no, that's not. no. So, so what we would tell you is, it's awesome, right? And there's so many different ways to fund a company, right? A lot of people will start with, you know, friends and family. They'll go and they'll say, hey. I need, you know, $20,000 for rent for this build, I need to rent this building. Or or maybe they decide, you know what, I'm not going to rent a building. I'm going to get a food truck. Or, you know, a lot of different strategies of ways to go about it. You know, um, there's a great food company up here in Salt Lake. It's Sobe, S-O-B-E. You know, these three brothers that are all three of them gourmet chefs, and they decided with our help instead of, you know, Instead of going and opening a brick-and-mortar store, they just got a food truck, and they've been doing catering, and then it's been a really successful model, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some strategy in it. What's going to make the most sense for you based on the equity, the, excuse me, the capital that you have right now, but also you know, what is it you want to do? Do you want to have a store? Do you want to spend that? It's like what, what the, the founder of Swig was talking about, right? With, with their How do we do that? And, and it, one of the great things that I learned from that and, and that we see in our entrepreneurs is, the ability to learn how to fail quickly, right? You know, Swig right. talked about, you know, they had these, these you know, stores with drive throughs right? And you could drive through them. And they thought at one point, well, let's put a store in the University Mall. And it failed because that's not what people want. They wanted the drive-thru. You can't yeah. drive through the University Mall. So they closed it. You know, it didn't work. Great. That's fine, right? And so we go through with, you know, you open your, your barbecue store. We'll say to you, okay, what, what is it that we can do to help you? And, and let me be honest here. Let me back up a step there are so many resources all throughout the community to help you at every level, right? Sometimes what we can do best for you is say, Hey, Andy, we'd love to help you when you get to this point of revenue. Right. But right now there's the small business development centers that the state runs all throughout the state. There's um, you know, the universities have tremendous programs. And so more than just saying we're a one-stop shop, what we at venture capital say is Utah is the number one place in the nation to have an ecosystem that can foster entrepreneurship, right? That's what people need. It's not just, hey, come to us we'll fix all your problems. That's not the case, right? We can help you raise investment capital when it's time to scale your business. So, you know, you'd go to the SBDC. You could go to the Zions Bank Business Resource Center. You could go to so many places and help at every step along the way. You know, Salt Lake Community College has tremendous resources. There's the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Business Program. And I'm only listing these to, to demonstrate there's an entire ecosystem There's an entire array of resources for entrepreneurs out there. And that's why you see Utah as one of of the states that has weathered the pandemic so well. Our economy is still growing, right? We're doing gangbusters. We're getting all the refugees out of California and New York because they need a place to go where they can have business, right? And so we fit into that ecosystem. We like to think of ourselves at at the hub of the ecosystem. But we'd say to you, Andy – Here's all these resources. Let's get you set. Let's decide which, which structure is best for you. Do you want an LLC or a sole proprietorship? Okay, we got that set. Now, let's. do you want a store do you want a food truck? Okay, who are you going to be your vendors? How do we want to do your marketing? All those things, right? And then when you get to a point, you're like, Trent, we are ready to scale. I want to go from one, one restaurant to 10. Awesome. Then we have a conversation about scaling your business. Mm. There's a concept in business school called nail it and scale it, meaning – You got to make sure you've nailed it. You know how to sell your product. You know how to make the product. You know everything about it. You've nailed it. You've got that down pat, right? And then you scale it. And so then you say, okay, I'm the best barbecue shop in town. I've got great revenue. I'm, I'm bursting at the seams. It's time to grow. And then we come in and teach you how to approach investors in a way that'll matter to them. And the reason I say that is, I mean Andy you talk to a lot of people right on the yeah. radio
0: yeah. and
1: you talk to some people differently right then you know uh, you know you'd talk to you know the president of the United States maybe a little bit differently than you'd talk to somebody else right and sure. and investors are that way they they want their information in a very particular way and you know if you're the best barbecue shop in town which I'm sure you would be um, <laughs> you may know how to talk barbecue but you don't know how to talk to these investors right necessarily maybe you sure. do but you know that it, makes it's sense. a tough Right, it's a whole new language. All of a sudden, they're talking about cap tables and and you know safe notes and what I don't know what you. I just make barbecue, right? Yeah. So we bring you in and we say, okay, let's build a mentor team around you. these mentors aren't, you know, they're not mine. It's a volunteer network of mentors. We have at venturecapital five hundred to six hundred mentors, professionals, all throughout the Wasatch Front. We've got some up in Idaho and all throughout Utah that give up their time, they volunteer, and they mentor. So what happens, you, you'd come in and you'd say, okay, here's my idea. we say, great, let's put a pitch together, 10-minute pitch. You show up, and this mentor team, we, we now do them on Zoom. You know, the pandemic sort of made that a, a reality. So we do them over Zoom, and you'll have six mentors around you. One of them's a lawyer. One of them's an accountant. One of them's a banker. One of them's an investor. One of them's another entrepreneur. Maybe they're in your field. Maybe they're not, right? One of them's a marketer. And all these people are going to look at your pitch, and they're going to say, okay, this made sense to me. This didn't. Let's fix this. Let's fix that. You know, you really need a CFO. Let's find you someone who's going to be good for your team. And over a six, maybe six to eight week period, you get people around you from your community that care about whether or not you succeed. Right. Hmm. If you've got mentors that are based out of Silicon Valley, if you succeed or you don't, whatever, you know, you've got mentors and they're based out of New York, whatever you succeed, you don't. But you have, you have mentors out of St. George, you have mentors out of Cedar City, you have mentors out of, you know, Price, they care. They care about whether you succeed because you fill a role in their ecosystem. You become part of that business family. They want to see that succeed because that helps everybody, right? And, hey, if you, if you do grow and become huge, maybe you'll hire that law firm or maybe you'll bank with that banker, maybe, you know, whatever it is, right? And so they mentor you. You go back. That's one hour a week, okay? You go back. You you can make all the changes that they told you to make. You come back the next week. You present it again. Okay, let's refine this. Let's tweak that. What about this? What about that? You know, in my experience, I've seen X, Y, and Z. So then, okay, boom, you go back, you fix everything. And over this process, you're learning, A, how to speak to these investors, B, the process of how to attract this capital, and you're refining your business. You're refining your business into something that an investor is going to look at and be like, yes, I want to put my money there because I know I'm going to get 10 X out of my money if I invest in Andy's barbecue shop. Hmm. Right. That's what we want to help you do. And then we have two conferences every year. uh, One's in February and one's in September. Um, We're hoping to add more, but we have two major ones a year where we bring investors in from all over the country and they listen to these pitches. And, you know, uh, last year, four of our companies right there and then at the conference received investment commitments. Um, That's not always typical for us, but as I, as I mentioned earlier, Seventy percent of those companies that pitch are going to get are going to get investment by the end of that year. Um, And that usually comes to about forty five million dollars annually. But if I could, Andy, let me talk for just one second about the kind of companies we get, but more specifically, the kind of founders we're looking for. Um, We get, I think I mentioned, 300 companies a year that come to us and and ask for our help. Um, And that we don't market word of mouth. It's referrals. You know, that number stays pretty much constant. But we've noticed recently you know, there's certain demographics that we don't get as much as others, um, primarily women. We would love to have more women-founded and women-owned companies applying to our program. We're trying to expand that pipeline. We would love to get more minority-owned and minority-run companies expand coming into our pipeline and asking for our help. And we would love to get more veteran-owned and veteran-run companies applying to our program. So we've, we've started specific women entrepreneurship programs minority entrepreneurship programs, and veteran entrepreneurship programs to help those specific demographics realize some of, this, um, some of these opportunities for capital. And, and because of that, we found something very interesting. Um, 38%, according to the SBA, 38% of all small businesses in America, less than 500 employees, they're owned by women, 38%. But those women-run companies only realize 2% of the available investment capital that's out there. Well, why is that? And we've decided that, you know, over the next three to five to ten years, it's going to be our mission at venturecapital.org uh, to change that, to help more women, more women-owned and women-founded companies realize those opportunities for capital. And then take a look at Utah. Where are all these companies? Well, they're mainly located along the Wasatch Front. We want to change that. We want to start making, just like, you know, the Salt Lake Chamber, have the, or, excuse me, the St. George Chamber had this fantastic conference, we want to bring what we do down into St. George, down into Cedar City, down into the more rural areas. Because, again, if we can grow those companies where they're planted, that's going to benefit everybody. If Andy's Barbecue Shop all of a sudden opens 10 stores all throughout rural Utah, that's good for Andy. But yeah. it's good for everybody, right? Yeah. You're going to create jobs. You're going to bring in um, vendors, right? You're going, to, you know, you're going to boost the economy. That's good for everybody. And that's really at, at, the, at, the, uh, at the very foundational level what it is that we do. The reason, and, and I'll go all the way back to the start of my story, the reason Zions Bank helped Wayne Brown start this organization back in 1983 is they saw a need for something in the community that could help companies make that leap, right? Help Andy, the Andes of the world, get from one barbecue store to ten. Help the MyFamily.coms of the world get from MyFamily.com to Ancestry.com right? To help them make that leap into, you know, we have all these talk about unicorns now. Well, how did they become unicorns? Um, you know, a, a lot of times it takes years and years and years, you know, but if they have that help, you can make that jump. And that's what we want to do. That's why I was down in St. George meeting you is we want to expand what we do statewide, bring it into St. George, bring it all over Southern Utah, rural Utah and, and help not just all entrepreneurs, but specifically women, minorities and veteran entrepreneurs.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about these mentors? That, that fascinates me because you're not just offering a way to help, you know, financially to, to help these small businesses. You're offering a way to help them. Uh, cause, cause I was thinking about that. All right. I start my barbecue company or whatever. And I've always been a believer. Oh, I work hard. I will succeed, but that's yeah. not necessarily the truth. If you don't know what you're doing, tell us, tell me more about the mentors.
1: Yeah. So that's the secret sauce. I mean, right there. Um, these mentors are um, professionals from all throughout the community, right? And they don't, they'll be the first to tell you they don't have all the answers. They know their piece of the pie, right? If you're working with an accountant, maybe, they, do, maybe do, they work on the audit side. They know how to do audits. Or you're working with an attorney that knows how to do mergers and acquisitions. Okay, that's what that, she knows how to do mergers and acquisitions. Done. Okay. But if you build enough of these mentors around you, all of a sudden you've got a full array of people okay volunteers that are invested in you and then care about whether you succeed and so you come up and you say listen i know barbecue and i work hard right but every now and again i don't know there's a pandemic (laughs) or (laughs) we had an earthquake or you know there's a downturn i mean look at look at housing market right now there's a lumber shortage well what do you do right maybe there's a you know, you do barbecue. Maybe there's a barbecue sauce shortage, right? <laughs> what do you do? And it, sometimes there's, you're going to run into problems where you just look yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't know what to do. And, it, you know, it takes a smart person to reach out and say, hey, listen, I'm stumped. I need help, okay? But if you already have a mentor team around you and you've had them for three years and you hit a wall, well, then your very natural instinct is to say, hey, listen, Mentors, I hit a wall. I don't know what to do. Can you help me out here? And if they don't know the answer, I guarantee you, Andy, they'll know the person who does. Yeah. That's how people succeed. Nobody succeeds on an island, right? Like no no man is an island. You have to have a team. That's why at the end of the day, Utah is the greatest state for entrepreneurship, in my opinion, in the country, bar none. Because we understand the concept of community, of mentorship. These mentors don't get paid, right? What we do is we go out to, a, to an organization and we'll say, hey, Zions Bank, thank you for you know, sponsoring what we do with the cash donation. But what we really need are mentors. Will you send us mentors, bank managers, executive vice presidents, marketing executives? Give us anybody you can get. Yeah, absolutely. They'll come and they'll mentor. They'll say, hey, I want to do – I specifically want to do one of your women-led companies. Awesome. Hey, I want to do something in this field. Great. You know, we'll go to a law firm. Hey, give us your mentors, an accounting firm. Give us of your mentors. We'll go to our alumni, right? These tech companies, some of them will say, give us some mentors. And that's how we build out the secret sauce, right? So we, these mentors, yes, they get them ready to access opportunities for capital, right? And by that, I mean you go out and you pitch and you find an investor and this investor will give you 25000 and that investor will give you 100000 Great. But, what you really have at the end of the day are these mentors. they do it it's volunteer because they a it's fun right if you've ever mentored there's just there's just a kick to it right there's just yeah. something oh. fun about it, and then all of a sudden you see your you see your baby right, you see this company up on stage and they're pitching, and you look around the room and these investors are nodding their heads like, "Yes, yes, I like this idea and and you feel good right and then you know five years down the road they're you know opening up a you know, a store on main street in St. George. Awesome. Right. I helped do that. That was me. I was a part of that. That's why the mentors do it. You know, there's a side effect, a great side effect to mentoring. Let's say that Andy, you, you've got your barbecue shop or you're just a radio host, not just thats a, You know, that's, you're a great <laughs> radio host. And you say, you know what? I want to mentor. Okay, great. And all of a sudden you're on a team with an entrepreneur, but around you, there's six other people. There's a banker, a lawyer, an accountant. There's a guy that, uh, owns another barbecue shop you know there's a guy that's a plumber right you've got all these people around you and you're meeting them at the same time as you're helping the entrepreneur and it's not like at a networking deal where you're just handing out a business card right. you know at the end of those eight weeks those people are going to think to themselves wow that andy he knew what he was talking about or you're going to think to yourself hey that banker she really knew what she was talking about that lawyer knew what he was talking about i'm going to work with them in the future, right?" so all of a sudden you've put yourself out there and people know, oh, okay, I, I, you need a lawyer. I know a guy. I was on a mentor team with this woman. She was fantastic. Right. So it's a way to tie the community together, even tighter to say, Hey, you may be a banker and you may be an auditor, but you guys should know each other. And, you know, after eight weeks of, of helping this entrepreneur, you guys are a team. Now you're friends, right? And so we've found that a lot of it's, it's helped a lot of professionals, um, expand their network as well, right? And that's the beauty of mentoring. It's, it's about mentoring the individual. But they always say you never really know something until you teach it, right? And so you start teaching, and all of a sudden you become better at what you do as well. It's very sort of you know self-fulfilling in that way. So the, the mentors are all volunteers. Um, and as we – I'm actually really, really glad you asked that question because as we look to expand what we do and help these companies in St. George, what we're going to want are mentors, right? We want mentors who are in Southern Utah, in rural Utah. The, the one thing that's frustrating about some of these accelerators that you'll see out in California or other places, they'll say, yeah, we'll take you on as a client, but you got to move out here. So you got to uproot your company, uproot your family. You got to come move to Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and maybe you want to, maybe you don't. Right. But regardless, if you're based in, you know, Richfield and you uproot your company and move to Silicon Valley, Richfield is poorer for it. Right. What we want to do is say, no, and I'm just using Richfield as an example, right? We want you to stay where you're planted. We want you to grow where you're planted. So let's find you some mentors in Richfield or Price or wherever that may be, and let's let's build you a team of people who are local to the community, who have been in the community 10, 20 years, and can help you grow and become the next pillar of the community, the next stalwart foundation of this economy. That's what we want to do all throughout Utah.
0: He is uh, Trent Christensen, the company works for Trent, I trying to I gotta get a weather break. in. let me ask you one more question before I do uh, a lot yeah. of people hear the words venture capital together and you know, con- they get, they conjure up wall street and movies and, and, and rich guys who only care about money. Tell me why your company is not about that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting concept. You know, our company at the end of the day is about mentorship. Um, mentorship is what we have found is the surest path to realize capital and so venture capital those funds is the end of the journey right you know what we do the mentorship that is the journey right but at the end of the day you know the end product is you andy it's you in your barbecue shop it's you in your radio show it's it's the plumber it's it's the new tech company that's going to open up it's that's mm-hmm. the end product right and venture capital is just a bridge. It's just a bridge to get you there, right? There's a chasm. Some call it the valley of death, not to be too dramatic, but you're, you're at point A, and you know you can see it. You've got to get to point B. You need to hire five more employees. you got to buy that new piece of equipment. You need a new shop, right? But you need money to get there, so you need a bridge. That's what venture capital is. We do all the education, but, but it's the mentorship that we find people need. And that's what we bring to the table is help, let, let us help mentor you so that you can bridge that gap, find the capital you need, and be ready to hire those five people to buy that equipment, to do what it is you need to do so that you can grow that company and stay on a sustainable path well into the future.
0: I love it. He's a Trent uh, he's Trent Christensen. The uh, website is VentureCapital.org. Thanks, Trent, for coming on today. Yeah, I love it's it. Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. We're interactive on the Andy Griffin Show. Call in, Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Andy Griffin. Great to be here on this Tuesday. It's 940. i had to let Trent go. He had some commitments he had to take care of. But I... You know there was a reason I wanted him on the program today. He was a fast talker. You could tell he had something uh, that was uh, he was passionate uh, about and and that you know I try to I try to be a um, a student of the human uh, the human being the hum human condition uh, One thing I sensed with Trent when i I actually sat and ate lunch with him. I never met him before. We just kind of ended up at the same table and sat and lunch uh, sat and talked with each other for quite some time. And uh, one of the things that uh, that impressed me about him was he was really really passionate about wanting to help people. And and even though a lot of what he said during the last uh, 20 minutes or so, uh, a lot of it sounded like he was he was he was selling something. It was a sales pitch. Uh it's important to know this is a, the company he works for venturecapital.org is a, is a non-profit. It's a it's a charitable I don't know if that's the right word. It's a non-profit. Their idea is to to make uh people like you and I when we have an idea they want they want to help us succeed. Uh so many biz I you know when you do something in life and you're new at it you always look for somebody who's been there before who has questions. One, one of the, I, I, I miss my mom terribly. My mom passed away last year. One of the things I miss most about her was when something would come up, I could call him and say, Hey mom, this, you know, whether it was, uh, I got a weird rash on my elbow or, uh, you know, one of the kids said this or did this or, or whatever. And I, I, I was pretty, pretty sure that either my mom or my dad had been there or done that. They had experienced it. And, and so you know being a parent wasn't as scary uh you know as i started raising my kids 30 years ago my my oldest is 30 years old now by the way i'm getting old uh i i i was it was a, an amazing thing to have someone that i could call and ask and 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 get their theory uh, i'm a big believer i i didn't believe in this much when i was young but i'm a big believer now in the the wisdom of time of of Uh, experience that that you know you if you've been there uh, and it's funny because young people don't don't understand this but if you've been there and experienced and you've seen it and you've seen it probably multiple times you can say hey this is probably how it's going to sort out and uh, it's funny as I raised teenagers I remember trying to explain (laughs) explain this to teenagers you know teenagers are if I still have one yeah you say well hey this is what I see and this is what I think is probably going to happen and they're like, you don't know, you know nothing and then you say, well, I don't know and everybody's different but in my experience, this is what I've seen has happened in this exact same situation over and over and over again and of course, they don't appreciate that advice and they reject that advice and then what, you know, happens, happens and you can't sit there and go, I told you so but in your mind, you're thinking, kind of, told you. So, uh and so at that point you're just, you know, you're you're just like, well, uh I'll be there for you. I'll love you. I'll hug you. Whatever you need, but um you know, in the back of your mind you're still thinking I this, I knew this was going to happen. Um and and I kind of feel like, you know, as I talked with Trent uh last week about about small businesses. He said we have uh literally hundreds of mentors and they want to uh help you when you come up on a situation uh call one of them and say, "Hey, this is happening to me and he said that's what the that, that's the that's the bread and butter that's that's why we're here is to help people who come across experiences and 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 they've never been there before and they ask somebody who has been there and you know it's not always it doesn't always turn out the way that the mentors of you know Think that they would, but most of the time they they know what they're talking about. So anyway, I love that about venturecapital dot org. It's a nonprofit. Its sole idea. It's a Utah company formed in Salt Lake City in nineteen eighty three. I was a junior in high school, and uh, its its sole idea is to try to make uh, try to help Utah companies succeed. I'm a firm believer in the state of Utah in the work ethic of the people that live here. I believe that uh, you know Utahns work harder than anybody else in the country and uh, and and that's not always enough. I, I believe we work hard, but if you work hard and you work wrong, so you're not doing it right or you don't know who to ask or you don't a uh, situation comes up and you don't know how to handle it, it. It it just seems pretty nice to me to be able to have somebody a resource somebody to go to that could help out it's a 946 on kdxu i have a couple of uh ronald reagan quotes i wanted to go over in association with something that's going on right now in our world uh and uh i just i I was like well we need to we need to talk about this uh First of all, let me mention Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant, and his specialty is customer service. If you go online to Joe Shoney, you'll find out that he has a phenomenal record, an average of 4.91 out of 5 stars with nearly 600 reviews. Joe Shoney is located in St. George at 162 North 400 East, Building C, number 205. Uh, and uh, he wants to help you. He's been in Southern Utah for more than two and a half decades, help, helping Southern Utahns. Give him a call today. See what he can do for you as a loan consultant. It's 435-590-6300. We'll be right back. We'll talk about Ron Reagan, the, uh, well, maybe the best president ever. Welcome back. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, one final note from uh, Trent. Uh, he sent me a text. Was, Would you please mention that we are having a women's business owner conference coming up it's called we rock women's entrepreneurship conference that is september 24th so what is that uh, 10 days from right now just go to venturecapital.org if you're a woman and uh, you want to own a business you do own a business or you uh, plan on owning a business uh, this would be a pretty cool event to attend it's called we rock just go to venturecapital.org to find out more about that and uh yeah that's that's it for that a couple of things uh, in the news the last couple of days uh have me uh concerned uh to say the least first of all the good news this one doesn't have me concerned utah was named the happiest state in the usa by uh one of the survey websites called the wallet hub i think uh but get this, Utah was number one in number of work hours managed. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I think it means that we don't uh, work 20-hour days like some places. Uh, number one in volunteer rate. Number one in divorce rate. That means we have the lowest divorce rate in the country here in the state of Utah. We were also number four in safety at the workplace. Number six in adequate sleep. This is out of the 51 states, 50 states plus the D.C., We were number six in long-term unemployment rate. That means our unemployment has been lower over the long-time period uh, than 44 of the 50 states. And uh, let's see, number eight in income growth. The only category that Utah did not place well in this study was uh, Mm COVID-19 positive tests. We've... Are actually 27th out of 50 per capita in COVID positive tests, but uh, the the numbers are it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, there's a reason we live here, right? Because it's easier to be happy here than it is other places. Uh, I lived in a place uh, right out of college. I got a job up in Moscow, Idaho, not Moscow, Russia, Moscow, Russia, but Moscow, Idaho, um, and you know it was it was in some ways it was a sports writer's dream i was i was working for a daily i was covering uh big sky with the university of idaho and pac 12 football with washington state also covered high school sports had an opportunity to really spread my wings as a writer spent 9 months in in moscow idaho uh it was owned by the salt lake tribune which i had worked for previously as a part timer and it was basically the minor league baseball team for the major league team, which was the Tribune. Uh, they sent me up there. They basically wanted me to cut my teeth on this daily, uh, work my butt off, and, uh, and then uh, come back to Salt Lake and, and work for the Trib. Uh, I had made friends with the sports editor, Dick Rosetta of the Tribune, and, and many of the sports writers. I really felt like I was on my way. And they sent me up to Moscow, Idaho out of, uh, after I got my degree. I went up to Moscow, Idaho, and uh, we got there in the summer, and it was it was somewhat sunny. There were some clouds, but it was somewhat sunny. And uh, I thought it was not a bad place. Got to meet a few people. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Got to know my boss a little bit. Uh, started writing. Wrote a lot every day. I had two or three stories in this daily newspaper, the Moscow Pullman Daily News. Uh, and didn't think much of it. Football season got there. I wrote a whole bunch of preview stories. And, uh, you know, I got to meet uh, uh, John John L. Smith, who was a coach of uh, U of I at the time. I got to meet the uh, Washington State head coach. I got to uh, actually one of the quarterbacks uh, that was there at Washington State at, at the time was Ryan Leaf. Uh, much documented stories about him. But uh, and, and uh, didn't think much of it. Football season start late, you know, mid mid to late August. Uh, September got there. We're halfway through the season. And then something happened in Moscow, Idaho. The clouds rolled in. And, uh, you know, I mean, we have storms, right? In Utah, I spend the last whatever years in Utah, a dozen years in Utah. And uh, a storm comes and, and it does its thing. And then it goes away and the sun's back out. Maybe after a day or a half a day or a, a week even. But in Moscow, Idaho, the clouds rolled in. And they didn't go anywhere <laughs> I mean, they just stayed We were socked in and it wasn't raining the whole time. It was just cloudy and gloomy and uh it, it got it got cloudy and gloomy in october and, and then it started to get cold November December, January it was cold it wasn't a lot of snow, but it was just a it was cloudy and gloomy and some snow and uh I kept thinking, when is, when is this storm going to be over? this is a long storm, three month storm. What the heck's going on? And, uh, January, February, March came through basketball season and baseball was starting. And, uh, I realized that in talking with people there, that that's how Moscow, Idaho was. The clouds came in in October. They didn't leave until summer, till June. And you just got used to it. And, uh, I tell you, I had a wife and a young child at the time, and I did not get used to it. In fact, I didn't like it at all. And uh, so I was reading, I don't even know where I heard about it. I was reading a trade magazine or something, and I heard there was a job opening in a place called Cedar City, Utah. Now, when I was a kid, we used to go on vacation to St. George, Utah. Didn't really remember Cedar City, Utah. But uh, interestingly, the job interview was in St. George for the Cedar City job opening. And so, uh, drove down on vacation. We drove down. Uh, I took a few days off. Uh, drove down to, from Moscow, Idaho, all the way down to St. George. At the time, my sister lived here. The rest of my family lived in northern Utah. And uh, and I, I uh, interviewed for the job. And within a couple hours, I'm still in the hotel room down here, they offered me the job. And because not not because of the job, but because of the environment in moscow idaho the the gloom the the darkness the i mean I literally didn't see the sun for six months there and uh it was it was a no brainer and I went back to Moscow and I went into the boss's office and I gave him my two weeks notice and and he went off, by the way. He, he just went nuts. He couldn't believe I was leaving. He's like, do you know we have a plan to b- call you up to the Tribune probably in the next six months, and you're screwing your career. And anyway, he went on and on and on. But uh, the the bottom line was I, I said, I can't live here anymore. And he's like, well, you wouldn't have had to live here more than another six months to a year. And I said, no, I can't live here anymore now. I'm done with Moscow, Idaho. And he said, ah, you'll never have a job with, this, with the Tribune company ever again. And I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, so, uh, we, uh, packed everything up and which wasn't much, you know, young family just out of college and, uh, and we, uh, came to Southern Utah, spent nine months in Cedar and the rest, uh, we got it. Then uh, I got the sports editor job at the, at the spectrum and, uh, worked there for a few years and uh, been here ever since that was back in 92, 93, like, something like that. Uh, but it was really, for me, it was about sunshine. <laughs> it was about good weather, and you know, I fell in love with St. George for other reasons, of course, but the the number one mitigating factor, the number one reason, I should say, that uh, we moved out of Moscow, Idaho, and back to Utah was because I hated the gloom and doom. And as it turns out, I now live in the happiest state in America. That being said, there were a couple of stories. To, I don't know if you heard this uh, from the news earlier today. Uh, there was two serious manhunt with weapons uh that went on this weekend actually one of them was yesterday uh but um one of them was in beaver okay uh, that's a little ways away it's you know 110 miles from here or whatever uh but <clears throat> the guy police chase on a freeway they closed the freeway both directions guy had a gun started shooting at police they eventually tracked him down and i don't know if he ran out of bullets or what but they eventually got him without having to shoot him uh and they reopened the freeway and everything but uh that's beaver that's not very far away and then as i as i'm perusing the news i get this i I stumble across this little piece of news from the st george police department apparently on sunday middle of the night sunday morning early sunday morning this guy uh this guy Uh, was going to get pulled over, and uh, he took off in his car. While he's driving, right, he he grabs a knife and he, he points it at the woman that's in the car with him. We assume they're related. They know each other somehow. And he says, call the police and tell them I have kids in the car. And she's like, well, we don't have kids in the car. He says, I don't care. I'll stab you if you don't tell them this. So she calls the police and tells them there's kids in the car so that they'll stop the pursuit. Fortunately, our St. George Police Department did not stop the pursuit. The guy drove out into the West Desert, west of Bloomington, got his car stuck, jumped out, and started running around in the wilderness in the middle of the night. Uh, A citizen flying a, a private airplane here in southern Utah spotted the lights, called the police, and said, hey, I think I got your guy. And using the police and some, uh, some GPS, uh, using the, the plain description and some GPS, they were able to bust the bad guy out there in the West Desert. Turns out there were no kids, and, uh, and he's in jail. He's got like, I don't know, 15 charges or something against him, but, but he's in big trouble. But to me, this is one of those signs. Everybody says, well, St. George is growing up, isn't it? This is one of those signs. I don't like that. I don't want to grow up in that way. Uh, and I don't know what we need to do. I know this is, uh, again, the happiest state in the union. I don't know what we need to do, uh, but hire more police, uh, have more heroes like the guy in the airplane. I don't know, but I don't like the, the some of the trends that are going on. I hope there's something we can do about it. Oh, well, we're going to do our best to see if we can. Again, this is, uh, this is uh, used up the time. Andy Griffin Show on KDXU. Tomorrow we have a gun expert, we have a business expert, and we have a congressman all on the air tomorrow on the Andy Griffin Show.